are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Hello, my name is Phoebe Miller, and I am the owner and founder of Nomad Always at Home, and we offer new experiences on and off the yoga mat so that you can live a fuller life with more joy, gratitude, confidence, and connection. And today, the story I want to share with you is about a vow that was made to me, a vow to always keep me smiling. And this vow was made to me back in 2005 on my wedding day. My husband at the time had said that he always wanted to make me smile. And for the most part, he did for many years. And um, but just like life, yeah, we don't always have smiles, but there are lots of challenges. And a few years into the marriage, we became to ha- we came to have a lot more challenges. In 2008, he was dealing with his own mental wellness and being diagnosed with bipolar. And he was also coming to terms that he was addicted to prescription pills. And so what I tend to do in the past is put things off to the side, put my own life stuff off to the side to be of service. You know, this was somebody that I really loved and cared about. And so I made some changes so that I could be, be more, um, of service to him as a wife. And this was a pattern that I had, um, was repeating from my childhood. My father, um, when I was a child, had a lot of issues with his own mental wellness, a lot of rage, a lot of, um, there was some violence there. There was just a lot of instability. uh, And then there was also drug addiction. And um, I put a lot of my own 
my own passions off to the side. I was a dancer at the time and I remember having to give up dance in some ways um, so that I could kind of be there for him. But he disappeared when I was 15 years old. And so here I was kind of looking at this again, how this pattern was repeating again. And so when my husband in 2008 was dealing with all of this, I started to unpack kind of what was humming underneath during those years of my father's disappearance. You know, was he alive? If he was, was he homeless? Was he mentally stable? Um, Why wasn't he contacting me if he was? And so it was bringing up all of my old stuff to the surface too. And I was questioning my own mental wellness. I was looking at, you know, my de- was there a depression there? Was there anxiety? Um, what was going on with my own, you know, with my own well-being? And so there was a lot more of these harder days during this time. And then in 2000, uh, 2009, um, actually on Father's Day, my father called me and he called me because he almost died of lithium poisoning. He had been in the hospital, um, but he had been sober for 11 years and he had been diagnosed with um, bipolar, but also PTSD because he had done two tours in Vietnam and he was still had been dealing with the effects of that for many years, but was never diagnosed. And so he was on this road to rehabilitation. He was still considered 100% mentally disabled by by the government, but he had the tools to help him when he was being triggered. And so he had contacted me on Father's Day because he wanted me in his life again, and he wanted to um, just reconnect and start a relationship again. And that brought me so much joy and so many smiles, and I was so very grateful that he reached out. But at that same time, I sort of pushed some things underneath the rug. I pushed some questions that I had been humming underneath all those years of disappearance away um, because I was so grateful that he was here. I pushed away my own mental, uh, the questions of my own mental wellness away. I was pushing some of my issues around my, you know, my husband's mental illness away because I was just so grateful that my father was in my life and I figured everybody was so happy and it brought us so many smiles. But during that time, yes, we were kind of questioning our lifestyle and we decided to move outside of the city because we thought that would make a better choice for for everybody's well-being. Yeah. Being closer to my father and not being triggered of coming into New York City to see us. Um, My husband, he could change his his work, his work dynamics and and a lot more space and being nature would calm him and maybe help him with where he was. And so in 2010, we moved to the Hudson Valley. And so a lot of things shifted for the better. Yeah, there were a lot more smiles, um, a lot more joy amongst, you know, all of these relationships that I had. But I was struggling a little bit because up until that time, my identity was always wrapped around what I did. I was a dancer or taught yoga or Pilates. Um... And it was a lot more challenging being outside of the city. I didn't have as many job opportunities. And so that was a bit of a hustle for me. I had to, more so than what I did in in New York City. There was more of a hustle, but not not the the financial stability that I had in the city. And so I was questioning my purpose. But then in 2012, I saw a really great job opportunity come up for me to manage a program 
uh, at a boutique hotel there in my local community. So I got really excited and things started to shift again for the better. And we bought a house, our dream house, not just a house, but our dream house. And everything was just ah, so smooth and easy again. And I was feeling excited and very joyful and lots more smiles. My job ended up being very challenging. There were a lot more demands than um, that I not only put on myself, but from the job was putting on me. And so that was a bit of a challenge. Um, But for the most part, I was happy with it. And then my world came crashing down. On January 8th, 2013, I found out that my father died in his sleep. This was unexpected. I had just seen him for Christmas. It was my first Christmas with him since I was a kid. Um, and it was my last Christmas with him. But we didn't know that. He was, he was smiling. <laughs> and he was joyful. And he had given me a big hug. And then just a few weeks later, he passed away. And so my world came crashing down. And... It was really hard for me to get to work. I did, but I, it was very challenging. I gave myself one day a week where I only taught one class and I got to come home and be by myself. My husband was in the city um, on those Fridays and I got to give myself a permission slip to um, do whatever I needed to do. Cry, scream, watch movies, write in my journal, look at old pictures, whatever it was. I was gave myself full permission to feel whatever feelings I needed to feel. And I was noticing when I was giving those myself those days that my husband was staying in the city longer and longer. So he was coming later home later and later at night. And there was one Friday in particular in March that he just came home and I was crying on the couch and he was just on the other couch just staring at me. And all I said to myself in my mind, I couldn't get the words out, but I just said, please just come home over to me and hold me, hug me. But he didn't get that message. He didn't come over to me. Um, so I went to bed crying. <laughs> but then I woke up in the morning with the sun just beaming on me, which was kind of funny because the night, the day before we had this big snowstorm. And so I woke up with the sun beaming on me and I felt the warmth of the sun just shining right on my bed and right on me. And I had this breath of fresh air. (laughs) And I even looked, I remember looking at the, the weather for that day and it was actually extremely warm for what it had been yesterday. And it said abundant sunshine. And I had this breath of fresh air and realized that joy was here again (laughs) and that Yes, it was still challenging times, but I was going to get through it. And so I got up and I I went and I taught my class and I I got a little bit of lunch for my husband and I to share. And we were going to go on a hike and celebrate this, this newfound joy that I had. But then he sat me down at lunch and he said that he wanted a divorce. He wanted a divorce because he was still struggling with his own mental wellness and he had been hiding his drug addiction from me this whole time. And I guess in a lot of ways, I was hiding it from myself too. I was ignoring the signs uh, because I was so grateful at the time that my father was back in my life. And then I was 
so sad that he was gone again, that I wasn't even paying attention to what was going on with, with him. And he had said to me during that afternoon when we talked for hours and hours and hours that he just wanted me to be free, that he wanted me to just continue a life of some sort of joy without him because he knew where his path was going and it wasn't going to be good. And that hurt because all I wanted to do was put everything aside again and take care of him and be of service to him as a wife. So we parted ways um, over a matter of weeks and the rest of the year was very challenging for me. I was dealing with some physical issues. I moved out of that dream house, you know, um, and then I was looking at my job that I had that it was, yes, it had been bringing me some joy, but it was not fitting into my life anymore. And so I had been asking myself, what do I want? And this was a question that my husband had been asking me the last couple of years of what do I want? And I didn't know always. And so I thought I needed to ask myself, what do I want? And so I found myself in Costa Rica for just a couple of days to search out for a yoga retreat. I was looking at a property for a yoga retreat. And that couple of days turned into nine months. And during those nine months, I was cracked wide open. I was looking at the past patterns of my relationships. I was looking at, yeah, the choices that I had made in various ways on my, uh, my path. And I was looking at what do I want? Who am I to? Who, what is this new, this new, who is this new Phoebe? And, and what does she want in her life? And I was being cracked open by seeing a new way of living there in Costa Rica. And I realized that this is what I wanted for myself and I wanted for others, to see other ways of living and being. And so I came back to the Hudson Valley at the end of the nine months to launch my business, Nomad, which with the intention of offering yoga retreats so that other people could travel the world and experience themselves in a new light and experience their outer world in a new way. And so when I came back to my local community to launch this business, it also turned into an online studio and some community events, bringing our local studios together for summer solstice and a summer series. And there's so much joy again, being able to experience myself and then also hold space for other people to experience joy um, within their within themselves. And so here we are later, five years, um, five years later. Yes. Um, so we launched in 2015 and here we are in 2020. And we've evolved so much. And I'm so grateful for all of the experiences we've had within Nomad. And, you know, including all what I just mentioned before, but now we have a podcast sharing other people's stories and my own movement, um, my own movement that I share, Movement 109, for other people to, you know, for people to experience their bodies and their stories that they hold within themselves and, and experience that joy is humming underneath at all times. The joy is a choice that we can we can truly tap into every breath. It's just a breath away. And so I want to just say that that vow that my husband made to me 15 years uh, earlier, he still lived up to it. Yeah, by letting me go, I was able to experience that smile for myself, right? I was able to experience finding joy within myself. And I've also been able to hold space for other people experience their own joy and their own inner smiles. And so I'm very, very grateful for that vow and for letting me go. 
And what I also want to just say here is the vow that I made to him that I want to renegotiate today. That vow I made to him was to find him through eternity. And so, yes, I might find you again and maybe we're best friends or maybe we're just strangers passing on the street. But what I want to make sure of is that that dynamic is changed because what I was finding after that divorce that I was finding him and my father in these relationships with other men really good men, but just having so much baggage that I was again putting things off to the side for them. And so what I want to renegotiate is that my vow to them, to me, is that I will not stop smiling. I will continue my inner radiance so that they can find their own inner radiance too. It's just like that Louis Armstrong song when he says, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. And so to my vow to you, to myself, and I hope for you all can find that, yes, let's not put our smiles aside for others. Just continue to beam and know that you are exactly as you should be. Thank you so much for this time and space to share my story. I hope it has been some sort of reflection um, of your own story in some way and has been in some sort of inspiration. I hope to see you um, over at Nomad, always at home in some way, shape or form. Thank you. I remember a time when it was completely normal to wake up with panic attacks. Every single morning, I woke up with panic attacks. And the reason for this was because I suffered from PTSD, severe depression, and anxiety for most of my life. And it was due to the extreme and severe trauma caused by violence I experienced as a child. And even when the attacks would subside, it was hard to get out of bed. And on the really bad days, I'd have to call my therapist to get help getting out of bed. I remember on one day in particular, her saying to me, Elise, do you think you could just sit up and put your feet on the floor? That's all you have to do is just sit up and put your feet on the floor. And her asking me to do that was like asking me to climb Mount Everest. I just could not move. My depression, fear, anxiety overwhelmed my body to such a degree that I felt like a heavy weight and I just couldn't budge. And as the day progressed, I eventually began to feel safe enough around 3 p.m., just in time for Oprah. I would watch her religiously, and then followed by Dr. Phil. And I eventually made my way to reruns of Everyone Loves Raymond and Seinfeld. I watched TV for an average of eight hours a day, just waiting for the day to end. I remember feeling numb. I couldn't feel anything other than pain. 
But despite this challenging dark time, I felt a burning desire, a pull to fulfill what I was here to do in this world. And ever since I was a little girl, I knew that I was capable of doing great things in this world. And regardless of what, what I was going through in this time, there was this voice inside tugging at me, gently guiding me forward. And one day I found myself in a YouTube rabbit hole, which is one of my favorite things to do. And I came across a spiritual teacher and the foundation of her teaching was meditation. And that's when everything began to change. I began to meditate. I had a daily practice of 20 minutes twice a day. And after meditating for a few months, I noticed many changes. My contracted self began opening up. I felt more expansive. I felt hopeful for the first time really about my future. My intuition was heightened in a profound way. I sensed things before they happened. And I made decisions based solely on my intuition with ease. I was waking up to my true self. What was so wonderful about this period was that I developed compassion for myself. I had to forgive myself for all the decades lost to trauma. My self-compassion helped heal the intense shame I felt for not being able to do anything with my life for so very long. Wisdom began pouring from my soul. I knew, I had a new understanding that all the answers I needed could be found within myself. And I learned that all the suffering I had been through all those decades was preparing me for where I was going. And that path was to help others, to serve humanity, in a big way. It would have been impossible for me to have grown or evolved without those difficult times. And it is in fact those difficult times that gave me my greatest gifts that I now use to serve others. As Nietzsche says, you need chaos in your soul to give birth to a dancing star. I really wanted to help other people find their way out of suffering. And I wanted them to know that no matter what or how long they have suffered, that they too have the possibility of living a life filled with peace, joy, and abundance. I became a subconscious transformation coach and mentor so I could help others. And I as in my training, I found that I was very gifted as a coach. I feel that all of us have unique gifts. And I finally found that my greatest gift was coaching. And I started a business. And even though I had a sincere desire to help others, building a business wasn't as easy as I anticipated. I did all the things I was supposed to do when I started a business. I did built a website, I put together a marketing plan with social media. I did Facebook Lives, I did challenges, I created courses, I did everything. I tried my hardest to build my list, but no matter how hard I tried, I just wasn't getting any traction and I felt stuck. 
and I felt blocked and I couldn't figure out why. And it wasn't until I uncovered my limiting subconscious belief in my childhood that I was able to get the traction that I wanted. Our subconscious dominates 95% of our behavior. So the reason why I wasn't able to get the traction that I wanted in my business because my subconscious beliefs and identity was completely out of alignment with who I wanted to be in the world, with what I was trying to create in the world. And nothing will change until one becomes in alignment with their subconscious beliefs and identity. And after I uncovered my deepest unlimiting belief, which was around a dog that I had when I was eight years old who ended up dying, I thought it was my fault that she died. And I had this subconscious belief that if I helped people, something bad was going to happen to them. And then I had to further evolve my subconscious identity because I still had the subconscious identity of a victim. And I had to transform that part of myself. And when I did, everything quickly changed with my business where I went from making $1,000 months to $10,000 weeks. And I created my own methodology, which I'm very proud of that, that helps people. But I have to say that it's important to uncover the truth of who you truly are, because when you do, you begin to live your purpose and your truth, and you become free. And that is my wish for you. And what I learned about sharing my story with others is that I'm not the only one. And that's why it's so important for you to share your story, no matter how terrified you are of what other people may think, it will help to heal and shift someone's life. This is Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit seekthejoypodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month. And make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening.